Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Growing up in the early 80s and 90s, late 90s, I watched a lot of television. Cartoons, different shows, Scooby-Doo. He-Man, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Doogie Howser, Family Matters, Smurfs, Jefferson, Sanford and Sons, Super Friends, Transformers, Days of Our Lives, <laughs> Dynasty, The A-Team, Knott's Landing, The Love Boat, Santa Barbara. Some of you watch the same shows I frequently watched on TV while growing up. See, there wasn't any YouTube, no iPad, no iPod, no laptops, no Facebook, no Xbox, no PlayStation 4, no Instagram, no Snapchatting. What's going on in the 80s and 90s? But wait, there's more to the story. Let's say it was a weekend and I had a long week at school. And if you was like me, I, w- I was excited to watch TV on Saturday morning cartoons. If I got up too early on that Saturday morning... With my cereal in hand, I would walk in the living room and literally have to walk up to the television and turn it on. We now have remote controls. We would look for hours for our remote and not walk up to the TV. But if it was too early in the morning, once I turned on the TV, there would be something on television called an infomercial. How many of you all are familiar with infomercials? Infomercials are television programs that promotes a product in an informative and subjective, supposedly objective way. One item that, used to, that I used to like, um, that used to be on television every morning was the George Foreman fat-reducing grilling machine. George informed you that how well it cooked, how easy it could clean. George also told you how much fat was being reduced because of its design. To make it clear, they want you to buy the products. What caught my attention to the infomercial, that particular infomercial, that they, they said this was the, they gave you the benefits of the product. This is the best thing since sliced bread. The infomercial painted a beautiful picture. See, you would see the juice dripping down. That was a selling point. How juicy the burgers look, that was a selling point. They'll say how tender the meat was. And if that wasn't enough, but wait, there's more. Not only does this this product cook your meat quickly, not only is the meat juicy, this product has a drip tray that catches all the fat that would be going into your body. So for health nuts like me, Then we are sold on the product. Me being a young 13, 14-year-old boy, I didn't have the money to buy one. But what was going through my mind is how much of this fat-reducing grilling machine costs. 
Then they hit you with, you can have this fat reducing grilling machine for four easy payments of $19.99. I'm thinking that's, that's expensive. That's $80. But then the announcer read my mind. Then he says, but wait, there's more. If you act now, we'll cut one payment. So instead of four easy payments, you can have this wonderful grill for three easy payments of $19.99. But wait, there's more. This product doesn't meet your need. You can return this product minus the shipping and handling. So to recap, you get the grilling machine, the grill tray, the cookbook, and we will knock off one payment. Oh, we got to have this, mama. We got to have this, grandmama. Can I get your credit card? We need to get this George Foreman grill. See, 15 years ago, the lifestyle that I was living wouldn't have been appealing to my wife. But I thank God for the butt weight. See, if she would have, she would have met me in Greensboro, North Carolina, she would say, I ain't fooling with this joker. But God is telling some of us to stick around and you will get your blessing. The product was okay until after the wait. Some of you done brought something on the infomercial recently. Maybe it was OxyClean. Maybe it was something from the juice man. Maybe it was my pillow. Maybe it was a non-stick copper pan, proactive Nordic Flex. One thing all of these commercials have in common, they painted a picture. That particular product being sold was all you needed in life. If you needed to lose weight, you needed a Nordic Flex. If you wanted to lose weight, you get that fat-reducing grilling machine. I, re I still remember the fat rolling down on that drip tray. I remember the thigh, the thigh master, the ab flex. You see one commercial about this product that will make your meat so tender that you can cut it with a fork. They will have commercials to work the fat off that George Foreman didn't suck up. The commercial served as a purpose, even to persuade you to purchase that item. Their intent was to illuminate, shed light on that particular item. This monthly thing deals with the term illuminate. The word illuminate can be defined as shed a light, shed light upon, to supply a bright and with light, to make luminous or shining, to enlighten spiritually or intellectually. I'm getting ahead of myself, but until Jesus Christ shed his light on us, until he came and, illu and illuminated on our life, we was a wretch undone. All of us was in a dark place until Jesus came and shed his light on us. Many of us felt like we wasn't worth purchasing when Jesus died on the cross for our sin debt. But when he died on the cross, our sin debt was paid in full. We was off the chain. We was messed up. We was in an alcoholic. We was, we was in a sick, addictive state. We was drug addicts. We had hate in our heart. We was angry. We wanted to hurt people. Some of y'all want to hurt some of your coworkers, even family members. I can't stand them, but thank God for Jesus, who took our hateful heart and molded it into a heart of love. So I was a wretch, undone, but God, whom is rich in mercy, came and shined his light on what I was trying to cover up. Some of y'all still trying to cover some things up. I remember my aunt telling me, this was around 2000, when, you know, 1999 going to 2000, everybody was kind of scared. 
And she told me, she said, Brandon, she said the Lord is going to shine some, expose some people in 2000. She didn't tell me I was the one. that was going to get exposed. So I got caught doing everything. I got caught smoking. I got caught drinking. And I always go back. She said, Brandon, some things are going to get exposed. So I'm, I'm telling y'all right now, whatever you're trying to cover up in darkness, God would illuminate that thing. He would shine the light on that thing. All right. Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus. If you read the whole chapter of Ephesians chapter 2, you will find Paul telling the Ephesians that we was all dead in sins, but God who is rich in mercy came and rescued us. Even though we was dead in our sin, God gave us life when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. As we look at our text, we firstly find a once upon a time type situation. Verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2 tells us once upon a time, I'm sorry, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Once can be defined as at some point or sometime in the past or in occasion for one time only. Let's be honest. Many of us, matter of fact, all of us, we at all times, we at all, all at some times in the past did something. We was dead because of our disobedience and many sins. See, once upon a time, we was messed up. Once upon a time, we didn't get right. Once upon a time, God told us to go left and we went right. Once upon a time, we were disobedient and we carried around many sins. We carried around anger. We carried around manipulation. Some of us carried around witchcraft. Some of you carried around, I wish somebody would. Look at me the wrong way. I wish somebody would step on my sneakers. I remember my homeboy got to fight and um, he had on a, a Adidas suit. We was in the fifth grade. Somebody pushed him down and messed up his Adidas suit. And got to fight because of some clothes. Are we like that church folk? Is somebody coming here and step on your Stacey Adams? Would it set you off? See, many of us were walking around, but we was dead in sin because of disobedience. Once upon a time, but thank God for Jesus. Aren't you glad that God sent Jesus to die for our disobedience? See, the text says many sins. We were all messed up. Even if you grew up in the church, we still had issues. I, still, I know I did. I was messed up. I thought the wrong thoughts. I said something I shouldn't have said, or you said something you shouldn't have said. You looked at, at, at females in the church lusting, or you looked at guys in the church lusting. Some of us had anger issues. Some of us had pride issues. We was dead. I remember leaving church and would cuss somebody out. I'm going to talk to my dad. I'm going to talk about my dad later. But he told me he studied cursing. He wanted to be the best cursor out there. 
that's the kind of relationship me and my dad had. My dad said, no one, he said, son, no one could curse like me. And I'm sitting in my mind, dad, why? Is that a goal of yours? We was dead in sins. We was walking around dead. We was disobedient to parents, disobedient to our guardians, disobedient to those that care for us. But most, obedient, most uh, specifically, we were disobedient to God. See, I came to Sunday school, but I was dead. I read my Sunday school lesson Saturday night before Sunday school, but I was dead. I came on Wednesday night prayer meetings, but I was dead. Sunday morning Sunday school, Sunday morning worship service, I ushered. I was in the Easter play and the Christmas play, but I was dead in sin. I put on a nice suit, but I was dead. I knew the church link. I'm blessed and highly favored. Giving honor to God who's the head of my life. But I was dead. Walking dead. I remember sitting on my pastor's back porch back home. Getting high with his son. Just left church on Sunday afternoon. Dead. His dad had an afternoon service. So we thought it was a great time to sit on his back porch and smoke weed. Some of you left church and went to the liquor house because they weren't selling liquor at the stores on Sundays. I remember, I remember walking up to somebody and somebody got upset with me because I said, God bless you or God loves you. Some of you left and went into beds of fornication after coming to church. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, what are you doing after you leave church? See, we all had a once upon a time. You did this and you did that. You went places you shouldn't have went. You said things that you shouldn't have said. You had anger issues, you loved to fight, you loved to hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. Once upon a time, you was off the chain, but thank God for Jesus. Even though you may have made mistakes, just wait, there's more. Verse 2 and 3 tells us, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the, in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Verse 3 tells us all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very own nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So we fe- secondly find a used to. Merrimack Webster defines the word used to as something that existed and repeatedly happened in the past but does not exist or happen now. Some of us, many of us, all of us had pre-existing conditions. We follow the desires of our heart, the passionate desires of our heart. Women, if he was light-skinned or dark-skinned, it didn't matter what kind of skin. You had to have some. 
ain't even gonna talk about the men. Some of us ain't have standards. <laughs> the scripture tells us we refuse to obey God. We just ordered an item for Maurice. Um, it was a it was a uh, bunk bed, and on the receipt it says, "Do not refuse the shipment." So essentially, the sender was saying, when the driver gets there, don't say, I don't want this. Or don't say, I didn't order this. Are we doing God like that? Lord, I don't want your joy. Lord, I don't want your peace. I refuse to have a relationship with God by the lifestyle I was living. Instead of coming to church, I would rather get high. Or I will come to church, but the whole time my mind will be wondering. Look at her. Lusting. I must be the only one. But many of us repeatedly messed up. We was repeatedly off the chain. We was repeatedly tore up from the floor. I reminded having a conversation with my dad, and in the conversation he told me, he said, my dad called me Maurice sometimes. He called me BL. Um, he said, BL, many years ago, many would have thought that I wouldn't have amounted to any, anything. This is my dad talking. He said, because of how I was living at that present time, essentially what I used to do. He said, many had given up on him because of the lifestyle that he was living. He had kids out of the way a lot. He was sleeping with this woman and that woman. He told me that if someone would have asked about Larry Godfrey, Back in the day, they would have said he was a whoremonger, he was a liar, he was a cheat, he would curse you out, Seagull's gin and juice behind the seat, and he would let his 15-year-old son drink. Let's start there. Some of you are allowing things to go going up under your roof that shouldn't be going on. You're letting kids bring in other kids from the opposite sex. In that room, you're allowing kids to drink and smoke in your house as long as you are there. It's quiet. You rather them do it in front of you than behind your back. Some of y'all done said that before. Now back to my dad. He had numerous kids. He wrote numerous bad checks. He was behind on his child support. Etc., etc., etc. He said, Son, they will be right. I used to do all those things. I used to, but I don't anymore. How many of y'all used to do some things? You used to hang out with the wrong people. You used to get in trouble. You used to lie. You used to cheat and steal. See, Grandpa Larry was the only one with a used to testimony. But when he was going down his list of wrongs, he got one thing right. He said, son, all that changed when I came into a covenant relationship. With Jesus Christ. He said, not playing church. He said, I got a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. So until you get into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ you will still be doing the things you used to do. I don't know what's your used to testimony. 
There is more testimony of you. You may have frequented dope houses. You may have sold dope. Some of you have been to massage parlors. Some of you have frequented liquor stores. Some of you have frequented beds of fornication. Some of you will curse somebody out. I don't know what all y'all frequency may have been. But if you met me in early 2000s, I had the same et cetera that my dad had. And then added some of my own. My dad said, I didn't have a clue, Brandon, that you was off the chain like you was. And I thought to myself, just like you wanted to be the best cursor, I wanted to be the best at covering up what I did. I wanted to be the best at covering up my dirt. My mama didn't know I smoked. My mama didn't know I drank. Because I did a good job of covering it up. Well, until my aunt said what she said. I knew I was lost. The GPS had lost its signal. It couldn't find me. I was so far gone. But I know I'm not the only one. But wait, there is more. The Bible tells that Jesus came and seek and save the lost. Jesus sought me in the club. He sought me in a fornicator state. He sought me while I was cussing folk out on the basketball court. He sought me out in my mess. Thank God that Jesus didn't leave me like I used to be. Thank God that he didn't leave you like you used to be. There is more to our story. Things changed after God got my attention. Then came a change down on the inside of me. Some of you are wondering why you and your dad talk like this. And the reason why me and my dad had this conversation was that he told me, he said, he said, Brandon, People will perceive you how they remember you, what you used to do, and how you used to, when you used to get embedded in their brains. See, people's perception of some, of some people still, they still see them on, on, on the street in the field, parting over them. Many can't get past the point that we were dead in our sins, that we had passionate inclinations. They can't get past your past. Many won't understand that we used to live in sin until they get into a covenant relationship with God. But God, who is rich in mercy, when we was in our mess, while we was in the club, while we was watching Soul Train, some of y'all even, <laughs> y'all knew all the dances of Soul Train, some of us was in dope houses and whorehouses. Just like my dad said, until I stopped playing church and got into a covenant relationship, a change came over me. Have there been a change for you all this morning? Verse 3 tells us that all of us used to live that way. In the past, I went to 32's on Sherlin Drive. I frequented the liquor stores, the, the dope houses, the trap houses. Some of y'all sold drugs. But when you came into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. You got a new walk now. You got a new talk now. Thank you, God.
for change. So we saw a once upon a time moment. We saw a used to. So lastly, we thank God for the but. If you only read verses 1 through 3, you will be left dead. We would be left dead in our sins. Left dead in the club. Left dead lying and cheating. Left dead manipulating folks. Left dead by obeying the devil. Left dead subject to God's anger. But wait, there's more. There's more than Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 4 and 5 tells us, but God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. So let's go back to the infomercial. Let's say it was a product that was being sold. I don't want to say it was being sold. I don't want to, I don't want to get, get y'all to be super spiritual. But let's say they were talking about the story of Jesus on that infomercial. Remember the definition for an infomercial, a product in an informative or supposedly objective way. This morning, I'm not selling a product. I'm telling you about your salvation. Paul told us earlier that we was dead in sin. So the infomercial would say, let's say I'm the infomercial star. We was dead in sin. We used to live just like the rest of the world. We obeyed the devil. We refused to obey the things of God. All of us was messed up. But wait, there is more. God was so rich in mercy that even while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. God gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. The artist was like, what you mean from the dead? Well, Jesus, the man we speak of, was born of a virgin. The crowd said, ooh. But wait, there's more. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. But wait, there's more. Demons cast out. Even the winds and waves obey him. But wait, there's more to this story. You would have thought that everyone loved Jesus. But the church folk, but the church folk, I'm sorry, the religious leaders wanted Jesus' thunder. So they desired to, they desired to devise a plan to have Jesus executed. But wait, there's more. Jesus had a mock trial. They let a murderer go and executed an innocent man. But wait, there's more. They beat Jesus. They spat on him. They hit, they hit him in the face. They plucked his beard out. Isaiah told us that he was beaten to the point that you couldn't even recognize that he was a human being. They stuck a crown of thorn on his head. They nailed him to an old rugged cross. Why would Jesus endure all this torture? But wait, there's more. He did it for us. He did it for us. When he uttered these words, it is finished. Tell us that Jesus died. But wait, there's more. That's not how the story ends. But in three days, Jesus got up from the grave. But wait, there's more. Jesus got up with all power in his hand. But wait, there's more. He got power to save, power to deliver, power to set free. So there is mercy for the messy. Thank God for the butt. Messed up, but God led a sinful life, but God came and changed me. I wanted to give up. I wanted to throw in the towel, but his mercy kept me from committing suicide. His mercy kept me from throwing in the towel. Sometimes I felt unloved. Church work there, but there is more. But you have to wait. You may not have been where you want to. 
Some of y'all been, been uh, God has been slowly molding, molding and manipulating into you to what you, but what he wants you to be. You will look back over your life and say, wow, I was off the chain. So don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. God is with us. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care how tough the situation is, but wait, there is more. Jesus loves you, and he ain't brought you this far. He ain't brought you this far just to leave you. I thank God for his grace. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for the change. As you stand to your feet, thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.